Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. How great are you going to feel and be when you consistently can save X dollars a month or max out your retirement plans? Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. What should you do with your money in 2023? Well, my friend, it's a big question, but luckily enough, Zanelia Harris, certified financial planner and president of Harris & Harris Wealth Management Group and author of Finance in Stilettos, along with Doug Bonaparte, 
certified financial planner and founder of Bonafide Wealth. They are both here to share everything that you need to know. We dive deep into how to prepare for a layoff. Is 2023 your year to buy or sell a house? How to deal with money anxiety? Do we really need to talk about a recession anymore? And a little something that I think is a really fun conversation, whether you should be following money advice you hear on social media. So if something happens and you actually do exactly what they say, what recourse do you have if that doesn't work for you personally? This episode is dedicated to you. I know you have so many money goals you want to smash this year, and we want to help you get there. Both Zanelia and Doug are the best of the best. So get prepared for an exciting, engaging, and action-filled conversation that will get your money set for this year and beyond. Let's start talking. I am so excited to have this episode. I was looking forward to this for quite some time. We've got two amazing, actually three if you count me, certified financial planners here (laughs) having a conversation. And we're going to talk about 2023, what we should pay attention to with our money, the things we don't need to, maybe some insider secrets that you guys might have. So I've got a lot of questions, but before we get into them, I was thinking maybe you both might just entertain us a little bit here. If if you could say one word about how you think 2023 is going to go in terms of money, what do you think it would be? Zanil, you want to start with your one word? Um, I would say my one word would be patience. Ooh, patience. Okay. All right, Doug, what you got for us? One volatile. I'm going to go with volatile here. I think uh, if anything we've seen over the last now two and a half, almost three years is, you know, the pendulum swung one way with liquidity being pumped into the market and everything, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of going nuts from that, pick an asset class. And uh, last year we saw the pendulum swing almost completely the other way. And, And now we have a question mark as to which way is it going. And, uh, there's a lot of things outside of our control. Um, if not, most of those things are outside of our control. Uh, but when you got something swinging from left to right that fast, you know, it, it, it can't mean calm waters for, for anyone, especially, uh, individuals when it comes to their money and their income and, uh, just about everything going on in their financial lives. So I don't necessarily mean it in a, in a pessimistic or, or mean way. I just mean, it's, it's a reality we're going to likely have to face. If not, are facing. Yeah, I think those two words really go together, right? Yeah, we've got we've got to have patience if if things are going to be volatile, and that really kind of leads me right into to my first topic that I want to talk about. You know, we've talked about recession on this show um, a million times last year, and we've talked about how you know we're going in a recession, we're not going in recession, and all the experts are kind of saying different things and. We know that it will impact our money no matter what happens this year. So, you know, to start us off, Doug, are we are we in a recession? Should we care about this? You know, what's going on? Yeah, it's hotly debated. Are we in one? Are we heading in one? I mean, at this point, um, you know, put another question mark there. Uh, I think from a from a practitioner standpoint and dealing with clients, <laughs> why wouldn't you? say we're in one or we're not in one, you know, kind of just a psychological experiment to, you know, in other words, no one's going to be mad if I'm wrong. Okay. I was wrong. We weren't in one. So things, things are good now. 
Um, so I think a little bit from just a psycho psychological and marketing perspective, it probably makes a lot of sense for practitioners to say we're, we're either heading into one. But I personally do believe, um, you know, things are slowing down. Uh, a running joke is anytime you know, I'm, how do I know I'm wrong? I have conviction over something, you know, macroeconomic related. So that's that's always the running joke. Um, but I think it doesn't matter if we are in what look. I think what's important to know um, is how to um, untangle yourself from the last recession we had, 08, 09 being such an outlier. Um, if you're using that, and I think most people are using that as their benchmark as to what to expect, whether we're in one or not, let's assume we, we get there or we're in one. Um, you know, now you think it's a 45, 50% drawdown in the market, if that's your benchmark, because that's what, oh, so this is, we call this recency bias, right? Whatever event happened last is the one that you're going to, you know, fix your opinions to. And I think that's going to do a, a lot of disservice to individuals when probably a better approach is to take the average of the last four or five. What does an average recession look like? Because what we're trying to do, right, is set reasonable expectations around how to behave around our money and what decisions we're going to make around our money. So for those listening, you're looking at, on average, a 33% drawdown, meaning how far does the market, in this case, the S&P 500, drop from its peak to its lowest point? Right around 33%. Last year, we got as low as 25%. So if you think we're heading there, this is how you set the reasonable expectation, right? If you think we're heading there, then on average, we got a lot more downside to go if you're just using looking at the market. You could look at job numbers, right? 0809, a washout. We're seeing some pretty, you know, significant um, you know, swipe card deactivations. In the technology sector, that hasn't yet, you know, bled out. And the other thing I would say is, you know, the time, right? How long do recessions last on average? And you're going to see two years. Actually, 08 and 09 was about two years. So it actually hit the hit the average there. So where do you use that? You know, you use that to say, all right, if we're three months into a recession, if you, you feel that's where we are, on average, you got, what, 21 months to go. Or if you think we're six months in, we got 18 to go. And if you think we haven't even started and we're getting there, get ready for two years of, of low growth. And then ironically, last week, not the time uh, stamp the podcast here, but we get positive G GDP numbers in the fourth quarter, pulling ourselves out of this notion of a technical recession. <laughs> Everything's pretty wonky donkey right now, but that's how I view it. And that's how I communicate it to clients. How do we set the reasonable expectation around of what around what a recession would look like. And you use probably a more averaged approach to that than just going to where your feelings and gut is having you go to, which is the last thing, the second worst, you know, economic event in history, probably not the best benchmark out there. So Zanelia, if if this is true, if we're if we're in a recession or whatever, whatever our thoughts are, like Doug was saying about where we are, how does this change or does it change what we do with our money? Well, you know, Doug said a lot. <laughs> um, so I actually had been sharing with my clients for some time to expect a recession because of what tends to, to happen, right? We tend to ex experience one every 10 years or so. Um, this took a little bit longer. And so I, uh, my approach with my clients is recessions are a great time to buy stocks on sale. And I'm 
you know, so maybe I'm optimistic in a way, but I think recessions are necessary because it cleanses. And that's what I communicate to my clients. It's a cleansing process. So some companies are going to go out of business. And that's not a bad thing because maybe they should go out of business. Some companies are going to merge and that may be a good idea. And then what comes out of that, hopefully, is um, ingenuity and creativity because you are because what companies and people will start trying to do is solve problems. And then the rise of growth will happen again. So that's my approach with talking to clients about it. I'm pretty straightforward and I keep it simple as possible. Yeah. So you both talked about the job market and how things are changing. And, you know, I think a lot of people right now are pretty fearful about layoffs. We're seeing layoffs at all sorts of companies. And whether that was because they beefed up on staff in 2020, and now we're kind of seeing the, you know, uh, I guess to to use your words, Zanelia, the kind of cleansing process of that or not, you know, I think it it still doesn't take away the like fear and panic that a lot of people have that their job could just evaporate in a second. So, you know, Zanelia, what would you say to somebody listening that, um, you know, is maybe a little bit fearful that their job may go away and that that, that source of income might might evaporate? So I'm going to sound a little, I don't know, soft on this, I guess, because the way that I look at life is everything happens for a reason. And so what you should should have been doing and should always be doing is strengthening your skill set, because that's something you have control over. So are you preparing yourself by um, educating yourself in a way such that you can pre- find another op- opportunity to... um and it could be in a totally different field, or it could be an opportunity for you to pursue something that you so desire to pursue. So I look at things as everything happens um, in the way that it's supposed to. And I'm not saying it feels good because it doesn't. <laughs> Losing a job does not feel good. Um, but when it does, okay, so, but what were you doing before? So I think my, when I'm talking to clients, it's all about preparation, controlling the things that you can control. Because there are so many things in this world that we cannot control. We're in an environment now where I think people really realize that there are so many things that are just out of control. And so what are the things that you can control? And so education and getting a skill set or building on your skill set is one way that you can control the outcome or your outcome, your personal outcome. I like that. I like that. Right. And take take control of your of your situation. Doug, I, I know you got some thoughts on this. Yeah, so it's it's uh, first of all, you've got three CFPs in here, and and you're going to find it a very difficult to get us disagreeing at any point in time during this show. We a lot of head nodding, and she stole she stole my lines because that's what we're trained we're we're trained this way. We we know we know the right answers. But having said that, I actually wrote a piece. Uh, my last newsletter was uh, titled "You Got Can," so very uh, very relevant here. It was a practical guide uh, to layoffs and what comes next for you. And it was it was a few things. It was don't panic, you know. Know that layoffs, certainly mass layoffs, you know, probably not your fault, right? You're you're not responsible for shifts in macroeconomic conditions and what happens in the boardroom. So give yourself a minute to breathe because there's stuff you got to do and you have to be focused when it comes to finding that next job. 
Uh, the second thing was to evaluate your resources. You know, what do you have to work with? I think this is critical. So understanding your severance, understanding hopefully you had already built a cash reserve. If you haven't and you haven't been laid off, this is where you're probably going to want to, you know, get that three to six months stereotypically, you know, of, of living expenses in cash. So um, looking at resources and what you actually have before like things get weird, right? Before you have to do some serious stuff, like maybe change where you live or sell stuff, you know, that's that's where it gets, you know, rough. Um, there was a point about understanding health insurance. This is such a critical thing for so many people. Um, this was knowing that you could jump on a spouse's coverage, it's a qualifying life event. If you lose your job and you lose your insurance, but you know, your significant other or spouse or domestic partner, um, has insurance, you can, you can hopefully use that. And for those who, who do, who aren't in that situation, really understanding, you know, what Cobra is and how to continue on with coverage, um, when you're unemployed. And the last two points were understanding or revisiting cash flow. It is absolutely critical to know how much cash you need to burn each month uh, just to, one, maintain your current living expense. So before any austerity or pulling back comes into play or any of these big decisions, you know, the knee-jerk reaction is I'm going to cancel every subscription. You know, everything's getting canceled. I'm going to live as lean as humanly possible. It's a normal reaction. But take a, take a second to really understand you know, what the numbers are behind what you can and can't afford. And then we'll, and I said last year, but it's trust, you know, don't touch your long-term investments, right? So really do everything I mentioned before doing something that is really detrimental to, you know, long-term assets. Uh, not only are there tax consequences and penalties associated with going after the retirement accounts, but you're interrupting the compounding of returns that you're looking for. So, you know, I, I cringe to even say it, but sometimes even borrowing against those investments before selling them uh, is a way to go. Now, this is obviously deeper down the line of, oh my God, I haven't gotten a job yet and I'm running low on resources. I know, I know, we're going to try and keep it positive. And then lastly, um, it, it was just set, you know, this is a, this is a gut check opportunity. Maybe this is the moment where, um, you know, you, you really do reevaluate what, what's important to you and where you want to be maybe warm weather environment closer to your family is, this is finally the opportunity. So trying to squeeze, you know, some of these lemons into lemonade is, is possible here, but make no mistake about it. This sucks. You know, this is not, this is not great, but those were the points we brought through in in that piece. And, and I hope they, I hope they help. And I hope they help listeners here. Um, if you're nervous, there's stuff to do. And if you've unfortunately been laid off, you now have uh, at least a pathway to go down to help your situation. And I think this is also a good time to actually sit down with one of us, <laughs> someone like us, and right. kind of go through all of the different options. And I also think that it's a time, especially as the practitioner to have empathy as we uh, engage with our clients during this time, I think it's very important um, to know that for them to know that we understand where they are. I know I've lost a job before. It didn't feel good. I was angry. <laughs> um, and you have to, you know, really, you know, and I, and I was married and I had a young child. And so it was a lot of things that we had to, um, to evaluate and figure out within our in our family and our lifestyle in order to move forward. So I think identifying with your clients is also important because sometimes as financial professionals, we can um, look at the numbers and and we can be, um, well, of course, we're trying to be independent when we present our, our recommendations and ideas to them. But I also think sometimes we have to bring in the human component and let them know that we understand. 
Yeah, I love that. I love that. We're going to we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that in just a, a few minutes. You but you both brought up uh, somewhere in your in your response back about where you live. And we know obviously that the housing market has been um quite topsy-turvy itself. Uh f- you know, from last year this time to this year, I- interest rates are a lot higher. And, you know, the housing market's getting a little bit softer. And I think people are really trying to figure out what do they do? Should they buy? Should they sell? Is it a good time? Is it not a good time? You know, it's it's kind of that um, that constant debate that everybody has. They're, they're always wishing there's like a crystal ball, right? And that, that we can tell them exactly what the right decision is. But, you know, Doug, what should we be thinking about this year? If, if we're thinking about buying or selling, I mean, is it a good time? Do we sit still? What do we do? I'll always be buying. <laughs> All right. Joking aside, um, let's let's kind of look at this from an opportunistic perspective, right? You're down at most 25% last year. I, I can't help but to, you know, you can't ignore these entry points, right? You can't help but to, you, you can't ignore that even today, you know, even out of a bear market, um, you're going to pick up discounts. And it depends on what you're looking at, right? So we're speaking out loud and, and typically referencing the S&P 500 as our as our main benchmark for the market. But you still go look at technology, which is having a strong start to the year, but a very dismal, you know, 2022. Um, do you look at that as an opportunity? I think what's most important here is the foundation you're building for yourself to be able to take advantage of those opportunities in the first place, right? At any point, and it's never a bad moment doesn't have to be at the beginning of the year for a new year's resolution or at the end of the year to get yourself in in good order to figure out how you can be a consistent contributor to the investments that will grow long term for you right so i want to see out of my clients i want to see that number 1 they have the foundation needed to have the confidence to continue putting money into long-term assets. And there's usually a pecking order for that, right? It's make sure you have the cash you need, make sure all the short-term goals, which are typically cash-related, are satisfied. And then we're going to start looking at those tax-qualified accounts, maxing out your 401ks, do your Roth conversions, the HSAs. We want to save money on taxes with investing if we can. And then if we can get to this, this, I call it like the gold star status of investing, which is where you're doing all of that. I mean, look for a household of two people that have access to a retirement plan and all these things I've just mentioned, where we're pushing $50,000 a year in, in long-term savings. That's a ton of money. Um, and, and a lot of people aren't going to get close to that. And that doesn't mean they're, they're doing a bad job investing. It's really relative to what they're earning. But to get to this like gold star status of now you have an additional monthly amount being invested, above and beyond that, that you can then either dial up or down depending on what's going on. Hopefully it's just dialing up because you're succeeding and you're growing your income. Like if you can get a system like this working for you where it's automatic, right? You're going to catch all the dips in the market. You're going to get all those entry points. You're going to have flexibility. That's ultimately what, what I will spend years on working with individuals to get to. And it's not, it's not easy. It's actually extremely hard, which is why, you know, it's it's sometimes comical when you see like all these creative ways to invest your money, like nothing I described to you. We didn't even talk about how you're investing it and what you're investing in. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. 
Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-T-M for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. 
Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. It's just getting that behavior right and building out that foundation. Super, super, super hard to do. It takes very you know, long periods of time of control and discipline and practice to get there. So that that's what I want to see because I think there will be opportunity. I think there have been opportunities last year and I think there'll continue to be opportunities going into this year. And I don't want to approach it on, on just like an ad hoc basis. Cool, here it is. Let's throw money at it. You can do that in a controlled way, but just not like this is my moment. Then you're just timing the market. Most of us have clothes that we've loved for years, maybe even decades. But it's harder than ever to find clothes that will stand the test of time. If you're looking for more pieces designed to last, you can't go wrong with American Giant. From hoodies and t-shirts to denim and more, they've got everything you need to build a wardrobe that you'll be proud of for years to come. All American Giant clothing is created with a commitment to doing things better. From the materials they use down to the last stitch in every piece. And everything is made right here in America, in partnership with people and communities. Because keeping things local ensures the kind of quality you'll appreciate as soon as you receive your order. Discover the American Giant difference today. Shop wardrobe essentials that last a lifetime at American-Giant.com. And get 20% off your first order when you use code LT23 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code LT23. So, Zanelia, tell me about this, too. So, you know, if if we're thinking about investing, right, and we're thinking about, um, you know, a house, a dwelling that we live in, and um, we're looking at that as a, a way to build wealth or build generational wealth, mm-hmm. um, what are your thoughts on, on 2023? Like, h- how, do we, how do we think about, you know, our, our house and, and what we're going um, to be able to afford and interest rates and all of those things? How do we build that into our, our, our plan of, of building wealth? I think it depends on where you are and with owning real estate. So uh, I don't know, maybe your audience doesn't know, but there's a strong tendency in the African-American community to definitely go towards real estate. Um, And I think it's because it's something that we can touch, but it's also been something that we've been denied. So, uh, So that is a natural tendency to have real estate as a foundational investment to have. But I also look at it from the aspect of where do you, where are you in your, in your, in your livelihood? 
you know, how old are you? Do you already own a property? Um, what things are you are you thinking about for the future? So uh, I'm I'm actually thinking about this myself. <laughs> like, what sh- what do we want to do now in our lives? And one of the things that I would you know recommend clients to do is to you know really consider um, what the, what the future looks like. So having them to paint for me what they're what they want in the future. And I do think that you know owning real estate is a foundational asset to have. Um, because of what it is that they may want to do. So why do I think it's a foundational thing, um, asset to have is because if they decide that if they're approaching retirement and um, they're not going to completely retire, but they want to maybe become a consultant and, um, you know, owning your um, primary residence is one of the ways that you can get access to additional capital to fund whatever, um, if you decide to start a business. So it's a foundational asset to have because when you're filling out your loan paperwork, one of the things they ask you is what assets do you have? And that's what they put a lien on, which is primary, your your primary resident or a real estate holding that you own. So it depends on what you're trying to do. And I I think I know people now are very concerned about the rise in interest rates and um, how you know, what's going to happen? Are they going to, um, we already anticipate that they're going to continue to rise them for 2023, but, um, what happens beyond that? And will I still be able to purchase property? And, um, and what does that look like? And I just think it depends on what stage of life you're in. So if you're approaching real approaching retirement, then you may be able to, you know, sell your primary residence now and just move into this new community wherever you may want to reside in retirement and pay cash. Um, but if you're new to getting into real estate, then that's a whole different situation, right? Because now you're going to have to pay more in order or pay more to get less. Right. And um, are you willing to do that? And so I would encourage people to um, if they have an interest in owning property, then I think understanding that, okay, I do want to own and coming up with a plan around that. So maybe it's not buying the single family home, but maybe it's you're buying a townhouse now or you're buying a condo. And look, all of those things can be used or leveraged in the future, right? So if I own a condo, I can own it for now. And then later I keep it, I rent it, like, you know, rent it out and it's still on my balance sheet, right? So I think right now um, it's all about what your individual plans are. Because we can get caught up in, you know, talking about it generally, but everything comes down to you personally and where you stand financially. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to know the number one money question I'm asked? It's how to get started investing without being overwhelmed. So if you're asking yourself the same question, then you have to check out the Investing for Beginners podcast. The hosts, Dave and Andrew, they break down investment terms and strategies in a way you can finally understand. I love that they're making investing accessible and they have an entire podcast dedicated to helping you invest better. 
Even if you're not ready to start investing, they explain the stock market and financial updates so you can really understand what is being said on the news. If you're ready to learn more about investing, I'd recommend you start with two of my favorite episodes. Listener Q&A, how do you start investing with a thousand bucks, where they explain how you get started right away. And back to basics of building our portfolio, where they explain how to build a portfolio from scratch. The Investing for Beginners podcast is a great way to start expanding your relationship with money. Find Investing for Beginners podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I love that. I love that we keep coming back to you because I think that's so important and certainly something I echo on this show all the time, that we can talk about all of these lofty ideas or all of these things that might happen this year, but it really comes back to you and your vision and your life and what you want and what works for you. But that brings me into my next topic I want to talk about. And I have a feeling there's going to be some strong opinions on this one, and I'm very much welcoming those. So I want to talk a little bit about this idea of the social media money expert. And you're both smiling at me. I know you probably have the same sort of feels that I have on this one. But, you know, I want to dig around a little bit. Like, what actually makes somebody a money expert? What actually makes money advice good advice? Doug, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, so <laughs> I would love uh, either experience or credentials to be, you know, part of this. Like, show me you've... Uh, some you've worked with or advised or had some experience in, in the wealth management or financial planning profession, uh, that'd be very helpful. Credentials, CFP is obviously what we all share in common here. We all do consider that the gold standard. Certainly a lot of academic rigor goes into understanding these key concepts and figuring out how to both work with people qualitatively and bring in the, the quantitative components of planning and mash it all together to create actually individualized advice with a real human being, right? Um, those are very helpful. You know, that's what you would hope to get out of a, a professional or someone who's a money expert. You, you don't even necessarily need those. You could be extraordinarily self-studied and know these concepts. There's an infinite number of ways to learn it and practice it. Um, show that to me. That would be fantastic. Um, you know, not to keep talking about the newsletter, but this is what I'm writing this week. Um, you know, the, the, the Instagram or TikTok or pick your social, I mean, they all find them, they all find their way across all of social media. Um, and what we're really seeing here is look, I'm all, I'm all for people, especially younger people learning, right? How can you knock that? How can you knock learning and getting, uh, you know, involved with even, you know, just investments first, right? But there's danger here. There, there's real mm-hmm. danger um, that exists when you don't provide any context around how it is you're marketing, whatever it is. Yeah, you know, first of all, usually there's an agenda, selling a course, you know, um, you know, trading, real estate, insurance. These are the things I'm going to write about and to look out for. Crypto, of course, I'm a big fan of digital assets and early adopter, but you know, the saturation of that certainly over the last year or two has been ripe for in the the wake of FTX and just about every exchange imploding, you know, um, that's clearly one of, one of the main ones here. 
And you pair it with, you know, how our brains are now engineered to absorb information through social media. You know, you're not getting what's outside of the the focus of the picture. You're not getting basically that context. So um, when you have someone pointing, you know, at candlesticks or a, or a, ch- a, a stock chart saying, here's where to buy, here's where to sell. And you don't even know what stock they're talking about, but they're hyping up the fact that they're making so much money and how exciting it is. Look, you know, trading has a place. You know, I have plenty of clients who trade 5, 10% of their portfolio. There's the context. Where does this fit in practically to people who are trying to achieve their financial goals? And you're kidding yourself that, you know, someone screaming and pointing at a chart as if it's the casino is the way you're going to grow wealth. Same for the insurance salesman who believes that indexed universal life insurance policy is using leverage you know, is like, you know, like they're Jack Boggle and they discovered index funds for the first time. It's like, listen, you know, the entire wealth management profession knows what this is. Like, stop gaslighting people into thinking, you know, you've discovered something unique. The information travels too fast. You likely have not. You have an agenda to sell as much premium as possible. So there's a ton of danger. The the spectacle, right, the, the sensationality, if that's a word, of the videos um, without the context is the danger. And that's pretty much the common denominator. Tell me when you found a video of someone pushing their real estate investment course that talked about in their precious 90 seconds they got, you know, an equal handed approach, to the pros and the cons. Hey, this is not for everyone. You do need to spend a ton of time actively managing property. And if it's your first rodeo, there's a lot of learning you need to do. What's going to happen when an AC unit falls on your tenant's head in the middle of the night? Be prepared for these things. And it is such a great way to accumulate wealth. But I'm going to go through the pros and the cons of that. You're not going to find me arguing with someone who was, you know, who was objective in the approach, but it's never that. It's almost never that. And there are some really good examples out there, but it's almost always you know, I'm going to show you how to make $50 million. It's calling out traditional time-tested strategies like 401ks and Roth IRAs and calling them scams. So guys, mm-hmm. anytime, anytime you have someone market themselves and the tactic is to put down, right, the things that have proven to work to say that my everything's crap junks. This is a scam. They're calling Roth IRAs scams. But my thing's not the scam. It's the new way of doing it. It's not new. It very well could be a scam and you're not being objective. Like you just don't have CFPs going around hawking index funds and leading with that. You know, hopefully you don't. Instead, you have them lead with financial planning and the advice component before even discussing a product. These are all just ways to know that this is dangerous and harmful if there's no context. I get fired up about this, as you can tell. (laughs) And that's why I'm going to write about it. Yeah. So, so Zanelia, you know, I, I, I was curious, this is always kind of in the back of my head, you know, I, I couldn't just go on, on the corner and, you know, put up a sign and say, well, I guess I could, but you know, I wouldn't say like free, free law advice, right. I, I'm, I'm not an attorney. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be able to just, you know, hop on social media and start spouting out about, you know, what you should do with your contracts and things like that. But money has always been this, this subject and I don't know if it's just because it is a primal need that we all have, but it's always been this subject that is just ripe for, you know, everyone kind of sharing their opinions and the idea of who is an expert kind of, you know, fades into the background. You, 
why do you think money is this is this subject where you know everyone can kind of put themselves out as an expert? I think because we all have to interact with it, right? It's the tool for us to live our lives. And yes, I have very strong opinions <laughs> about this, but I always say you, you you know trust but verify. And you know we have to verify the people that we're receiving advice from. Um, is it someone just sharing their personal story? I mean, and I'm not knocking people sharing their personal story. I think it's powerful in sharing your personal stories. Um, and I love seeing that. But at the same time, does that make someone an expert because they're sharing their personal story of what they went through? And what are they getting out of it? And how does it benefit you? And are there repercussions if they give you the wrong advice? So as financial professionals, you know, um, we've been, we're on the conservative side for the most part on the information that we share because we are regulated in what we can and cannot share. And so I always, you know, tell people, well, who's regulating the person that you're receiving information from? So if something happens and you actually do exactly what they say, what recourse do you have if that doesn't work for you personally? Um, I, like I said, I do, I actually look at some of the, uh, Instagram posts about things that are being shared. Cause I kind of want to hear what's going on and what people are saying and how they're saying it. But I also know that there's also a lot of information that's being left out. And that's why giving advice is personal. There is no two, you know, you, as professionals, we're not giving the same advice to every in, the, in every client that we deal with. Why? Because their circumstances are different. Different things affect what they're doing. And so we can't make blanket statements because it, it it's not applicable to everyone. And while that could be a starting point, so if it gets you interested, great, but don't stop there and seek out the professionals. I love that advice. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I knew this would be a, a fiery topic <laughs> for all of us because you know we 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 live in this world and and we see these videos and we see these people giving advice and so I think you know what you're both saying is like take a pause moment and and you know take what works for you but don't think anything is not the the sort of cure all right to building wealth um, and and that's how a lot of People, at least on social media, want to kind of portray that. And, you know, another thing about social media, I think it really feeds into the, the scarcity, the fear, the anxiety, the shame, the guilt, you know, all of these emotions around money that are very, very heavy. And, you know, you both talk about the mental side of money. You both are pro talking about the behavioral side and, you know, how money is not just numbers on a piece of paper, right? It, it's, our, it's our feelings and our thoughts and our stories and where we come from and how all of that interacts with money. So, you know, as we're thinking about 2023, Zanelia, you know, how do we put money in its place so that, um, you know, we can do the things that we need to do with our money, but we can also not let, you know, the anxiety and fear kind of override what we're going to do this year? Well, interestingly, I'm going to I'm going to share my personal phrase for this year. And so uh, and it was just interesting how it just kind of hit me uh, because it's something that I needed to focus on. And so in focusing on myself, I also use that to help others. So my phrase for the year is um, 
faith over fear, having faith in um, that when we think about the whole, you know, our economy and we think about the markets, I always go back to the simplicity of it. These are companies that are represented. Have you stopped buying things? (laughs) And for the most part, we have not. We're, you know, I'm still getting boxes from Amazon. Um, FedEx is delivering things to me. Uh, I'm still going to ExxonMobil to buy gas. Um, so I think about it or I break it down into the simplicity of it. And as long as we are, because we're a consumer-based economy, as long as we are spending money someplace, there are going to be opportunities. And Then going back to what I initially said, always focusing on what is it that you're trying to do? What are your goals? What are your goals? And focusing on that because that's what you have control over. And when you connect those two and identify with what is it that you want to do and what you're willing to do and understanding also that in some cases, because if you still have your job, that's a wonderful thing. If you still have a job right now, that's a wonderful thing because of the fact that you are able to contribute to your future. You can continue to contribute to your future. And so how are you going to do that? And what things are you willing to um, set aside in order to meet your goals? Because I think that's important as well. And so I think during these times when there's a lot of chaos around us, it's always good to center yourself. And remember what is what the things are you're trying to do in order to meet your goals. And that's what I'm here to help clients to focus on is them. Yeah. So so Doug, tell me a little bit about this. You know, our, how do we keep our, our fears and anxieties around money kind of in check? So it's not, you know, money is not sabotaging our whole life, no matter what happens this year. Yeah, yeah. And and look, you know, we're we <laughs> constantly plugging what we do here um having a financial plan is in my experience a lot of bias in this statement but i guess the easiest way to explain what what you're doing there is we we said how can you be in control if you want to be in control of the many facets that make up your financial life and and by the way and then choose whether or not you want to implement those things you can always outsource that but if you you know no one's going to do this part for you right? No one's exercising for you. No one's eating good food for you. You can file. Wouldn't that be nice, right? Yeah. Hey, you know, how do I get the spinach in me without actually eating it? Spinach is delicious, FYI. Um, You know, this gets filed. When we talk about our our wealth management or our finances or money, you're going to file this under the same category of uh, that you would you know, working out and eating right, you know, self-improvement and self-maintenance and preservation, right? There are a few things that, you know, that you have to interact with every single day of your life. And, and those are them, including, you know, your your money. So look, there is, um, there is a time-tested, you know, method of doing this. And it's what good certified financial planners do. And it's how they engage their clients by going through cash management, insurance planning, investment, retirement, tax, and estate. Look how fast we should be able to rattle that off. Getting observations and recommendations in each of these areas and then being able to work with somebody to tell you how these all connect and what you can do about it and assist you with implementation of them. You know, there, there's there's literally no better way. And and it's, you know, I'll be extremely candid. You can learn it all yourself. 
You can do it all yourself, but the reality is most people are busy doing things that they have to do, their jobs, and the things that they want to do. Hopefully that's friends and family and all these amazing things we get to do in our free time. That is life. Um, so here's this, here's a way to go about doing that. And and that's that's always going to be whether it's 2023 or 2083, you know, um, until until truly, you know, AI takes us out, maybe a hundred years from now. Um this is the best way to really take advantage of things here and put yourself in a good spot. It's through planning. And, and again, you, you can do this on your own or you can turn to professionals who do it every day of their professional lives. I, I, I will play that position not because I have to, but because I deep in my heart with conviction believe that's how you, that's how you get it done. All right, let, let's, you know, we, we've talked about a lot here, right? And and we keep coming back to to the really the foundational elements of money, right? Is it was really no matter what happens in this year, we keep kind of coming back to this. So, you know, what's next, right? If we're, if we're already investing and we're saving, we're doing all those things, give me just kind of a quick, you know, what are the next steps to building financial freedom? Or is the answer to keep doing the same? I think each year you should be doing more. Not the same, but more. And... And the reason why I say that is because you can always put more aside in savings. You can always, you know, review your your investments and um, your savings habits, and you can bump them up in some way, right? Increase them. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still all about the individual and their goals. And I know I may sound like a, a broken record with that, but that, that's what it's about. But yes, you can always do more. I always, I, you know, I think that um, in doing more, it, it has to connect to something. So I believe when you're talking about your money, that it needs to connect to something in your life. That's why understanding what people's life goals are is important because otherwise you're doing this and, and you may have a disconnect and it may not. So we're going back to uh, the habits, right? So how do you build habits? Well, you build habits when you have it attached to something that makes you feel good inside, that gets you excited. So it's like, oh, I'm saving because one day I'm going to do whatever that is, or I'm going to live here, or I'm going to travel the world, all of those things get you excited. And so in getting excited, then that should in, provide this in, uh, this um, this umption to want to do more so that you can get there quicker, hopefully. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll play. I, I love, look, you can always be doing more. There's no question about that. I love that answer. Um, keep improving. Um, I'm going to go with the consistency that's required. So even if you're not like if you got something good going and you know your ability to continue doing it is absolutely the most critical component of of this you know this is about and then let's go back to our example about like working out and health and i, I really do consider all of this under that same umbrella um no one goes to the gym twice and is in the best shape of their life no one eats a salad you know 3 days a week for one week and is all of a sudden you know you know you know, on the best uh, physical, you know, their body's loving it. Um, this takes years, right? You know, go work out four days a week for nine months. Tell me, and and you're almost guaranteed, right? Almost is the word. You're, you're, you're <laughs> screw it. We're talking about health. I'm not a doctor. You're guaranteed. Let's do like a TikTok video. You're guaranteed to be in better health than you were when you started and you weren't working out three days a week. Like, uh, you can fact check me on that. 
That's fine. Um, <laughs> you eat, you eat right. You're going to feel better in, in months time. Do it for a year. How are you going to feel in two years of doing that? Five years of doing that? Ten? Think about all of that, but now with your money, how great are you going to feel and be when you consistently can save X dollars a month or max out your retirement plans while, and let's be, let's be real, while getting in that vacation every year, while spending time with your family and your kids, while not having to go to bed worrying if you got your estate planning documents done, you have adequate life insurance, God forbid you die tomorrow. Now it's getting dark, but you know, this is reality. How are you going to feel when you consistently do these things, check in on them and apply yourself towards them? You don't even need to raise the bar. If you do fantastic, but now you got to do that harder thing more consistently. And yes, you should strive to do that. So really, you know, this notion of discipline and consistency across the board with the with the foundational pieces, not even the cool stuff, the really, really boring stuff that hopefully doesn't become boring and hopefully just gets automated because you've done it so many times, right? It's like breathing at this point. If you can get there, if you can make that happen for yourself, you stand in a class of individuals that's likely in the top, what, let's make up a number, top 1% of 1% that's getting this right. It, it is chronic how most people don't even bother. All right. Well, that was fun. I think the biggest takeaway that I hope really resonated with you is that whether we're in 2023 or 2030, whether there's a recession or not, whether the stock market goes gangbusters or really implodes this year, coming back to these money foundational elements, they're always going to keep you headed towards your goals. You know, the stuff like investing and savings and tracking your cash, making sure your family is set up in case something happens to you and being intentional with your money. That is the stuff that matters. So you want to connect with Zanelia, you can head to her website, hhwealth.com. And you can find Doug on Twitter, where he hangs out a lot at Doug Bonaparte. He has a lot of laughs there. Or you can find him on his newsletter, This Is The Top, at thisisthetop.substack.com. And the name of his firm is Bonafide Wealth. So if you enjoyed this episode, share it with a few friends right now. Help them get into what they should do with their money this year and beyond. As always, you can head to the show notes for all the links to our episode guests, as well as the sponsors who make this show possible. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.